tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Hi guys, I'm Monica Crowley and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here as we begin a brand new week. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. On social media, Instagram, I am at Monica Crowley underscore. And on Twitter and True Social, I am at Monica Crowley. Also by email, you can reach me at Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. Send me a note. I love to hear from you guys. All right, coming up on the show, we've got some big guests lined up and some big shows coming at you. On Thursday this week, we're going to be joined by former CIA agent Mike Baker, And man, do I have some questions for him. That is going to be a blockbuster conversation. That's later in the week here on the show. Also coming up, we've got Yonomi Park, who is an extraordinarily courageous young woman who fled North Korea. She has some really important things to tell us about communism, which we're going to talk about later here on the show today. Also, we've got Liz Wheeler coming up on the show and the great actor John Schneider from the Dukes of Hazzard. I had a huge crush on him back in the day. That is going to be, <laughs> that's going to be an amazing conversation. I can't wait for that. And we've, we're working on some other really big guests. So you're going to want to stay tuned. Tell all your family, friends, colleagues about the Monica Crowley podcast because you do not want to have FOMO. Your friends, family, and colleagues do not want to have FOMO, fear of missing out which they will have if they're not listening to this show. So spread the word, and I appreciate that very much. Uh, Speaking of communism, we're going to turn to the great Jesse Kelly, who's going to join us here in just a couple of minutes. He's got a new book out called The Anti-Communist Manifesto. Uh, Like me, he's been talking about communism here in America for a long time. We've all gotten poo-pooed by it uh, for years. Me on national television. Bill O'Reilly and others, oh, communism, Crowley, you're crazy. What are you talking about? Nah, communism ended with the end of the Cold War. Nonsense. Nonsense. Communism never dies. It just gets rebranded. And we're in the latest rebranding iteration of communism right now, and they're winning. We are making some gains, very important gains, But the communists have been at this a long time. So Jesse Kelly is going to join us here in just a couple of minutes, and you're not going to want to miss that conversation. But first, the Monica Memo. The Senate will no longer enforce its dress code, all because John Fetterman is a revolting slob. This is a material debasement of a storied institution and an absolute reflection of America's steep decline. There's no other way around it. Do we have more serious issues than John Fetterman's hoodie? Of course. And we're going to get to those here in a second. 
But I wanted to open today's Monica Memo with Fetterman and his cargo shorts and his Birkenstocks on the floor of the U.S. Senate. Because while we do have bigger issues, the fact that Chuck Schumer, as Senate Majority Leader, changed the dress code to accommodate this slob tells you everything you need to know about where we are as a country. John Fetterman walks in there. He is completely incompetent. I mean, he is, he is a mental case, okay? Good job, Pennsylvania. Good job inflicting him on the rest of us. And he walks around Washington looking like he belongs in a homeless shelter rather than on the floor of the United States Senate. Actually, in New York City, I have seen homeless people dressed better than John Fetterman. So they changed the entire dress code for the entire institution to accommodate one man who can't be bothered putting on a tie. Now, putting this in context, a lot of people say, well, I really don't care how he dresses. Well, you should, because you dress for the job you have, you dress for the job that you want, and you dress for respect. You give respect and you get respect. And the way you present yourself to the world is one of the major signals of how you give and get respect. How about respect for your constituents in Pennsylvania? How about respect for your state? How about respect for your fellow colleagues in the Senate? How about respect for your country? Now, communists have no respect for any of those things because they're out to destroy them all. We're going to talk about that more. So while I am absolutely appalled that John Fetterman comes to work in like a Philadelphia Eagles hoodie, I care more that he is a communist. And the fact that he can't be bothered to put on some wingtip shoes every day is a reflection of the disrespect that he, as a communist, has for this country and for you. That's what the whole dressing like a slob thing is all about. I care more that it's a reflection of his communism and his anti-Americanism and the fact that he is a willing puppet for communists destroying the country than I care about his Birkenstocks. The media, of course, always rejoicing in things like this. Uh, The other day, Elon Musk tweeted this. How did most of the legacy media go from superheroes of free speech to supervillains of speech suppression? And I responded to him on Twitter. You can go check out the tweet. I wrote this. The legacy media were never superheroes of free speech. They only supported speech they could control. Now their party has gone full communist and they've dropped their fairness pantomime and have embraced their roles as regime propagandists. 100% true. And this is one of the big reasons why we are where we are in this country because the legacy media um, have gone full communist, just like their political party, their enforcers. They're enforcers of the communist agenda. They're enforcers for the Democratic Party. That is all that they are. They will not report the truth. They simply don't care. And, and meanwhile, on the Republican side, you know, I have one message. The left has deliberately for many decades, but the left has deliberately set America into a death spiral. And now they're accelerating it. 
the hour is very late. And if you don't get this by now, get out. Get out. We have all of this back and forth now on the Republican side about a budget bill because uh, the end of the fiscal year for the government is September 30th. So a few short days away, and we all know Congress barely works anyway. And so they have a limited amount of time to strike a deal. And we have people like Matt Gates and others who are champions of this country for fiscal responsibility, finally reigning in government spending, getting a handle on this. I mean, do you guys know that this year we're going to have a record-breaking $2 trillion deficit? $2 trillion deficit in just one year. It's one thing to have an emergency as we did in COVID, where we had to do a lot of spending to get the American people through the most acute period of the crisis. It's something else to keep that emergency level spending going without the emergency, which is what Biden and the Democrats have done here. $2 trillion deficit in one year. And the national debt is about $33 trillion. You know, when I wrote my last book in 2012, when Obama was president, I think, you know, one of my opening paragraphs talks about the national debt at $17 trillion. And I was choking on that number. We're now double that. $33 trillion. We cannot go on like this. We need to get a handle on it. We need to take proactive action to stop the march of communism and the weaponization of government, defunding the FBI's new $6 billion uh, headquarters that they want to build, defunding Jack Smith, uh, enforcing the border, money for the border, stopping money going to Ukraine, all of these incredibly important things. And, you know, while the left is out here setting the country on fire, burning it to the ground, the Republicans can't even tie their shoelaces. I'm at my wit's end, and I know I'm not alone. I know you join me in this. Speaking of the border, over the last 48 hours, we got record numbers coming out of there. The border is and has been since Biden came into office, an absolute wide open free for all. Yesterday, we heard that in the space of about 24 hours, a record number, 2,200 illegal immigrants came into just one area, Eagle Pass, Texas. 2,200. And there's new video showing that the Border Patrol, they have nothing else to do. Their hands are tied. And they're telling these people like one guy, one illegal comes up to a Border Patrol agent and says, I'd like to go to Chicago. And the agent is forced to say, well, yeah, you can go to Chicago. You're free to go. You're in the country now. You're free to go anywhere you want, including your neighborhood, guys. There was also video footage, which I tweeted out, go check it out, of a cargo train moving through central Mexico loaded to the brim with illegal immigrants hanging off the train, on the roof of the train, waving to the cameras, not a care in sight, not even trying to cover the fact that they're coming into America illegally. They're proud of it. And they know that there's a wide open border right there. Biden administration is not going to do anything. In fact, welcome. The more the merrier. Bring your entire family. Have you noticed that they're pretty much all military-aged men? 
from the entire world, not just from Mexico or Central or South America wanting a better life. No, these are military-aged young men traveling alone from every corner of the world, the Middle East, China, Africa, you name it, they're coming in. And even Elon Musk the other day tweeted something to that effect, like this isn't just poor people from Mexico trying to come for a better life. He said something like, uh, they're coming from Earth, meaning everywhere. And they are young, fighting-aged men. This is a straight-up invasion, guys. It has been since Joe Biden came into office, a full-blown invasion of the United States. And think about it this way. I mean, you've got a a ton of danger. And I have been talking about this, oh my God, for a, a year and a half on this program about the terrorist threat coming in across the border. Do you know that in the entire four years that Donald Trump was president, only 16 suspected terrorists, terrorists on the terrorist watch list, uh, tried to come into the country over the border? 16. Now, one is enough, right? I mean, we saw what happened on 9-11. We just marked that anniversary. Handful of terrorists there did enormous destruction, almost 3,000 dead people on 9-11. So one can inflict enormous damage with the right plan and the right weapons. But in four years, Donald Trump only had 16 suspected terrorists who were caught, apprehended. In the, what, three years or so that Joe Biden has been president, 250 suspected terrorists on the watch list have come through the border. And these are the people that we know about. Again, all of these numbers are lowball estimates because we're just, we can't control every nook and cranny of this border. So when we talk about uh, 2 million so far this year, almost 2 million illegals uh, coming across the border just this year, the number is much higher. It's probably close to double that. And then the gotaways, they talk about hundreds of of thousands. No, it's probably millions of gotaways. And so when we talk about suspected terrorists coming across the border, we talk about the 250. Those are the ones that we've identified and apprehended. God knows how many got through the, the system and are floating around the country somewhere. That is the immediate danger. The immediate and middle and longer term danger is that all of these people coming into America have no ties to our constitution, to our rule of law, to our culture, to our system, to our values. They have no allegiance whatsoever to any of that. So you think they're going to come into the country illegally. So step one is break the law break our laws and come into the country. So that's disrespect right there. Then you think they're going to come in and actually respect our laws? We've got illegal immigrants killing people all day, every day in America. Innocent Americans being mowed down. Remember when, uh, in 2015, when Trump first announced for president, one of his first public statements, he got into a world of trouble because he was talking about illegal immigration. And he said, they're sending murderers, drug dealers, rapists. They're not sending their best. Remember that? And there was a huge pile on, oh, what a racist he is. 
he was exactly right, just as Trump was right about everything. They're not sending their best. They're sending military-aged men in a massive invasion. These people have no allegiance to our country, to us, to our values, to our constitution, nothing. They have not been taught it. They have not been steeped in it. So obviously they don't value it or feel any kind of tie to it. And in many of these cases, they're here to destroy it. It's not just that they're going to go along to get along here. They're entering the country to help the communists destroy it. I saw another story yesterday. I tweeted about this too. The UN General Assembly is uh, in session this week in New York. It tears up New York City. They have to shut down all of these streets to accommodate the likes of Joe Biden and other world leaders. Biden spoke this morning. It was a globalist fiesta Okay, um, New York City gets gets tied up in knots. It's just a nightmare because there are tons of world leaders just speaking there and, and going to the best restaurants and you name it. Um, I noticed the New York Post yesterday ran a story showing a photograph of Volodymyr Zelensky with 18 Ys. Uh, Zelensky showed up at a New York City hospital to visit Wounded Ukrainian soldiers. Wounded Ukrainian soldiers. I'm sorry, what? Why are Ukrainian soldiers in a New York City hospital? Why are wounded Ukrainian soldiers in New York City taking up beds in a hospital? How and when did they get here? I didn't see any reporting on this. Did you? Again, the legacy media, completely corrupt. Nobody is reporting on this. How and when did they get here? Who is paying for their care? Is that you and me, the the American taxpayer, working our butt off? We can't even afford our own medical care. We're paying for Ukrainian soldiers' medical care. Is that the case? I don't know. Where's the reporting on this? And are these soldiers going back to Ukraine or are they here for good? Are they, are they going to link arms with some of the people coming over the border to destroy the country, to fight us from within? I don't know. There's zero reporting on this. But why are Ukrainian soldiers in a New York City hospital? Hunter Biden must really love Zoom. Um, we know that he loved to tape himself and his manhood in all kinds of states of uh, undress and sexual activity, that was Hunter Biden. So now Hunter Biden really must love the camera. We know that he does because for his first court date, Hunter Biden wants to zoom in. You know, he was just indicted on this gun charge. I told you guys last week, this is a sideshow. This is so that they can go out and argue that there is an equal application of the law and no two-tier justice system, which is flat-out nonsense. We all know that. But they want to say, oh, we indicted Trump and we've indicted someone from the Biden family. So look, equal application of the law. Wrong. This is all a distraction. They're also doing this to protect his father because the gun charges are the only charges that do not involve the old man. 
Everything else involves the old man. So don't get sidetracked. The main event is the bribery, the treason, all of the things that will be investigated here in this impeachment inquiry, and then going ahead uh, with a probable impeachment of Joe Biden. That is the main event. But on these gun charges, Hunter is asking the judge if he can zoom in to the first uh, court appearance. And the judge, Christopher Burke, is asking Hunter's lawyers to let him know by the end of today uh, why they want to do this by video conference. Why? Give me a reason why you do not want to show up in person. I mean, it could be anything from Hunter's on a bender to Hunter doesn't want the circus of the press around when he shows up to court. Oh, I'm sorry. The January 6th defendants, Steve Bannon, Donald Trump, everybody who has been railroaded unfairly has gotten the circus. I'm sorry, Hunter, you're not immune to this. You're not above all of this. I hope this judge does not allow the zoom in. I want to see Hunter. I want to see him show up. I want the circus. I want the protesters. I want the whole thing. Speaking of the Bidens, uh, his old man is experiencing a major polling collapse. There was a new Fox News poll uh, released over the weekend that showed him way down in terms of job approval, but then in every issue area, Joe Biden is way underwater on the economy, on inflation, on the border, on illegal immigration, on law and order, uh, on it all, foreign policy. He is like, the the negative views on him are up towards a 55 to 60, 60 plus percent of the American people have a negative view of how he's handling pretty much every issue area. And then when you drill down and you look at his standing among certain groups, all right, he is experiencing a polling collapse among critical democratic constituencies like suburban voters like women, in addition to Hispanic voters, and even to some extent, black voters. So he is in deep trouble. And what did I tell you guys from the start? From the start of this program, March of last year, I've been telling you that the left's power brokers run by Barack and Michelle Obama and the entire Obama machine, but it's broader than the Obamas, but they're really sort of sitting at the top of all of this, pulling the strings. What did I tell you guys? I said the moment that the left's power brokers make a calculation that he is not viable, that, that they cannot run a basement uh, strategy like they did in 2020 to hide him and protect him and foist him on the American people like he was foisted last time. Remember that uh, Larry David, Curb Your Enthusiasm about foisting? You foisted him on me. It's a classic. But they foisted Joe Biden on us. And I said, the moment they come to the conclusion that they can no longer foist him on the American people, going into 2024. They can hide him. And look, maybe they've got another crisis plan like they had for 2020, a new pandemic, a crazy virus, shut the world down again, yada, yada. Maybe they have something up their sleeve that we have not thought about yet. And we've seen what they're capable of in 2020 to stop Trump and get their man installed, their puppet. Maybe they have something going on, but I think that the left's power brokers are looking at these poll numbers too, and they're like, oh man, 
you know, this is, uh, this is now going to be a really dicey proposition. He doesn't know what planet he's on. He's less controllable because he's more senile. If they can't pull it off with him, they're going to make a decision sooner rather than later here about what to do. And they, maybe the deal originally was get him off the ticket. You know, maybe they made a deal with him. You will serve one term. You're ancient, man. You're a fossil. You'll serve one term and then you'll get out, retire, go back to Shady Pines retirement home and we'll get someone else in. And maybe Biden and Jill agreed to that. And now he's reneging. Now he and Dr. Jill are reneging on it. I don't, I don't know what the dynamics are. But the Democrats and the headlines are everywhere. They're freaking out. David Ignatius, we talked about this on the last show. He is the mouthpiece for the security state. He wrote a column for the Washington Post saying he's got to step aside. When all of these things are happening, the pressure is building because they realize they got to go with someone else. And as we said, they can't run Kamala, so they got to get rid of not one, but two. Very tough. Very tough to do. But then again... They control all the levers of power. So if they want to do it, they will do it. All right, let's hit a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the communists running our country and what we can do about it with Jesse Kelly. Sit tight. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Oh, 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 you need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Okay, welcome back. Well, as you guys know, I have studied, written about, and talked about communism forever. Both the international Marxist movement that has been ongoing for over a century and the threat of communism here at home. And in fact, I've told you guys that during my years with President Nixon, we often talked about communism both as an ideology and as a practical, very evil force around the world and here at home. This is not something that belongs in the history books. This is an evil philosophy that did not end with the end of the Cold War. I think a lot of people make that assumption, and it is patently false and actually a very dangerous presumption to make. No, the evil ideology of communism is very much alive and has now been fully devoured by the Democratic Party, which has also devoured it. So communism and the Democrats are now one and the same. We can argue that they've pretended for a long time not to be communists, but now it's certainly out in the open. And of course, it has taken over most, if not all, of our institutions, as well as our culture. So this is a very dangerous, dark moment for our country. 
Joining us now to break it all down is the one and only Jesse Kelly. Jesse is a military veteran. He is the host of the nationally syndicated Jesse Kelly Show on radio, and he's also the host of I'm Right on the first, and man, he's always right. Uh, he's also the author of the brand new book, which is absolutely spectacular. This is why I wanted to have him join us here today. The book is called The Anti-Communist Manifesto. It's available now wherever you get your books, and he joins us right now. Hi, Jesse. Oh, Monica, it is an honor to be with you, that is for sure. Well, it's such an honor to have you here as well. And by the way, everybody should be following you on Twitter because your Twitter feed is pure fire. He is at Jesse Kelly DC. And we got to talk about that DC on the end of that Twitter handle, Jesse, because DC is the sort of the locus. That and Chicago are the loci of American communism. Why did you add the DC to the end of that Twitter handle? Because I started that Twitter page back when I was running for Congress in 2008, and the Jesse Kelly was taken, and my staffers, who were actually starting the page for me at the time, just threw in a DC because they thought I was going to win. Little did they know I was going to lose twice. So the joke's on them, and now it's there. <laughs> well, now you're lugging the swamp around with you wherever you go, I guess, on, on Twitter at least. Uh, but it actually is yeah. a very useful reminder of what we're fighting here. So every time I see that DC, when I see your, your tweets, it kind of makes me smile because you were at war with them and the communists running that town. Um, congratulations on this new book. As I said, very well done and so important, and there's so much to get to with you. Let's start first with laying the groundwork for what we're talking about, which is Marxism, communism itself, which is an evil philosophy straight from the diseased mind of Karl Marx. First, give the audience, if you would, just a thumbnail summary of what communism is. Well, I'm glad you asked because this is what people don't understand. Uh, People think about Marx when they think about communism, or they'll think about Lenin or the Soviet Union or the workers or something along those lines. And I'm not saying people have positive thoughts about communism, but they kind of talk about it as if it's something in the past and it's gone. And, of course, the Berlin Wall came down. you'll, You'll hear references like that. But communism doesn't have anything to do with any of those things or really any of those people. It's just a religion. It's an evil religion. It's the religion of the malcontent. That's all communism is. That's why it's taken a different form. That's why it looked radically different in China than it looked in the Soviet Union. The Soviet Union had the urban poor. The Chinese focused on the urban poor. It looked on the rural poor. In Cambodia, it looked different. Here in America, it looks completely different than all those other places and, and many other places because we had different malcontents. It depends on what, where your malcontents are in a society. Our malcontents are all cultural. So all, ours is cultural Marxism here. So no, we don't have you know the workers and all this other stupid stuff. They tried that here in the early 1900s. It didn't work because our workers have outstanding lives in this country. We didn't have enough malcontented workers. So they went searching for more. So today... Our communists here in this country, it's all the Antifa types, the Black Lives Matter, the climate change, the feminists are always mad about something. The, the, of course, the endless gay, tranny stuff, they're always upset about something. You just have to find the malcontents in a society and you use their bitterness to give you power and let you destroy. 
That is such an important point. I, I want to tell you, Jesse, maybe you've heard me say this. It's, it's one of my signature lines. I always say communism never dies. It just gets rebranded. And there are no better rebranders in the universe than the Marxists. So you're exactly right that there is a global Marxist revolution that has been ongoing since Karl Marx wrote the Communist Manifesto back in the late 19th century. Then, of course, the Russian Revolution, and then it began to to spread globally around the world as a practical ideology. But your point is so important that in every nation where Marxism has taken hold, the Marxists leading that revolution have been very smart about what groups to target and what wedges to drive into the population, to separate the population, to allow the philosophy to take root, correct? Correct. Oh, 100% correct. I've used this analogy for it. I I think it's probably the best one I've seen. We used to go, uh, I used to live in Montana, and we go hiking all the time in the mountains, and you'd see these huge boulders up in the Rocky Mountains, and every now and then you'd see uh, a boulder that had very clearly split, and it was this huge, gigantic, powerful boulder, but it would split either in two or in three or in four, and it'd be a very neat split like God came down with an axe and just chopped it down. And you think to yourself, what in the world could break up a boulder like that? Well, think about any society as if it's a gigantic boulder like that. Over time, boulders get cracked. Societies get cracked in them as certain people don't have the lives they want to live. What communism is, it's the water. You pour that water into those cracks and then freeze it, and then boom, you can break up even the biggest, strongest society or biggest, strongest boulder. That's what they do. Identify who the malcontents are and then use their angst to destroy that society while giving yourself power. That's why you look at the entire Democrat Party today. You brought up the Democrat Party. They're not Democrats anymore. We should stop with this childish notion of the, the middle of the road, blue dog Democrats. Those are all gone. They're all communists now. They cleaned out all the moderates from that party once Barack Obama got elected. They started losing all the seats. So all the moderates went away. They're all communists now. And that's why the entire Democrat platform now, every one of them, the mainstream Democrat platform is how much does this suck? It sucks for you. It sucks for you. And it sucks for you. America sucks for you. America is even when it sucks and it's racist and it's too many guns and it sucks. You haven't heard a Democrat say something positive about this country in any specific terms in 20 years. Nobody has because now they're all just communists and they're trying to burn it down. I, I try to get that through to people who think that they're making mistakes. The people on the right who are so good hearted will make this mistake all the time. Monica, they'll they'll talk about uh, something like the border and they'll say things like Biden's failures at the border. Oh, he's really screwing things up at the border. Not screwing anything up. This is all done intentionally. They're intentionally opening the border to flood the country with illegal immigrants because that helps bring about societal collapse. It's not a whoopsie. It's not an accident. He didn't trip and fall and open the border. He opened it on purpose. These people are destroying these things on purpose. And until we accept that, we can never defeat them. Amen. Amen. I preach this on this show all the time and every other platform I'm on, Jesse. Amen. And the the important point to back that up is that, you know, you mentioned Barack Obama 100%. He was installed. Joe Biden has been installed. These people are not elected. They're installed to carry out this communist agenda. But it didn't originate with Barack Obama. I've said this until I'm blue in the face. This infiltration and t- communist takeover of America 
began in the 1930s as a KGB operation and then really ramped up at the end of World War II. Our institutions got infiltrated, our culture got taken over, our educational system got taken over for indoctrination. In every direction, the communists infiltrated and knocked over a ton of useful idiots over many generations. So the point where we are at now, where people are like, oh, how did we get here? Well, we got here because for almost a century, these communists have been at this. This has been a long-term project for them to knock over the United States of America. And we are now at that point. That's how we got here. So people have to understand, number one, the nature of the internal enemy, as you lay out so well in the anti-communist manifesto. But they also have to understand that to turn this thing around, it's going to take a lot of work and pain and sacrifice and a long period of time because the enemy has been at it a long period of time yeah i'm glad you put it that way i try to explain to people all the time and people think i'm I'm being disheartening when i say that i'm actually trying to do the opposite i'm trying to encourage you that you will never see victory in your lifetime whether you're nine or 90 listening to me now as you just pointed out monica they've been at this for a hundred years a hundred years and i write about a lot of the history of this in the anti-communist manifesto these people have been trying failing trying failing trying succeeding failing succeeding trying to gain every inch of institution in this society they could. And now we see, I don't want to say final form, but it's close to it. It's final form in this country. And we're horrified. And we think that we can, you know, elect one person and fix it. You know, we'll we'll just get Trump in there or just get DeSantis in there and it'll fix it. We are so much more than one president away from fixing what's wrong here. It'll take generations to untie all these knots. We have a million miles to go. I don't say that to disheart you. Just put victory out of your mind. All we have is the fight now. The fight, that's, that's, that's our lot in life now. That's it. And I think, you know, I, I wanted to open this conversation with you, Jesse, to asking you about what communism is, um, because it is fundamentally evil. And people need to understand that this is not some watered down version of what the Soviet Union had. It is all the same thing. Again, it's rebranded and there's economic Marxism which we know very well gives an equal share of poverty and misery. There's political Marxism, which has now taken over all of our government institutions, working hand in glove with big tech and corporate America and the rest. It's part and parcel of the economic Marxism. Then you've got the cultural Marxism. If people are still scratching their heads wondering what drag shows for children are and the transgender agenda is, guess what? It's cultural Marxism. So all of these forces of Marxism are working together as a piece to bust apart America, destroy it so that the Marxists can rebuild it in the communist image, right? So you're 100% right. And it's all about destruction. And there are all kinds of quotes and things like that that people know by now. People from Mao, I actually think I put this one in the book, destruction without end they always talk about it revolution without end destruction without end you cannot have construction without destruction the destruction phase of communism never ends they're always trying to burn down everything i try to explain this to people and this is so hard for a normal person to understand and i get that it's hard for a normal person to understand the demonic urge to destroy everything you see a normal person's mind doesn't think that way. And so when you try to explain to them how these people think, they look at you like you have three heads or like you're some kind of conspiracy theorist. 
But when people ask me, hey, Jesse, what are they going to destroy next? I can't believe they destroyed this. I, I can't believe they destroyed it. You know, they're destroying kids. I can't believe they destroyed the, the military. They even got the Boy Scouts. Jesse, what's next? What's next? And I try to explain to people everything is next because you're not dealing with bad. You're dealing with evil, as you just pointed out. Bad stops one day, or at least might. If I'm a bank robber, Monica, I may wake up one day and look around and say, you know, man, I feel bad. I, I guess I've been taking other people's money. I, I, think I'm gonna, I think I'm done with this life. It's too dangerous. I might stop if I'm a bank robber. But a demon never wakes up and gets tired of destroying, ever. He never wakes up and looks around and says, guys, I think we've wrecked enough. He just keeps going without end until good stops him. That is what we're up against here. That's why we now live in a country where children are told to cut off their penises behind their parents' back in school. That didn't happen by accident. You're dealing with evil. You're dealing with demons. Until you fight like you know that, you can never win. I'm so glad that you cast it, Jesse, in spiritual terms. This is a spiritual war. Um, and once you, you, yeah, I mean, and the, this is demonic. I mean, this is the big enemy, as we know. And, you know, a lot of people can't see it. They don't want to see it. But I'm telling you, when you see the spiritual nature of this battle, that this is God versus Satan, this is good versus evil, however you want to put it, once you see it, you cannot unsee it. Okay. And it becomes really clear, not just to your eyes, but to your brain and to your soul about the, the nature of this war. Um, you know, I want everybody. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I just wanted to throw in one point on this. I'm sorry to interrupt, Monica. One thing I wanted to get through to people is this, is when I talk in terms like that, sometimes you'll get people turned off. You know, people believe different things. And I try to explain to people, I'm not telling you what to believe in your life. I'm not telling you to, uh, uh, to be religious or something like that. I'm not telling you not to, right? I'm not, not what I'm saying. I'm saying you cannot possibly understand these people unless you understand they are religious. Whether you are a Christian or the biggest atheist in the world, that, that's not what I'm talking about. Unless you understand that they do have a religion, you can never defeat them. They are religiously committed like the Islamic jihadist with a bomb strapped to his suicide vest driving to blow somebody up. That's more akin to what you're dealing with than some run-of-the-mill Democrat who's just kind of progressive. Until we start understanding what we're dealing with, we'll never be able to beat them. Amen. I mean, that, that is the absolute critical point. And like, I, I'm encouraging everybody to follow you on Twitter. And sometimes I see your tweets. And I, I mean, I've been steeped in this for, you know, two decades, Jesse. So I, I get it. I'm dealing in reality. But I see you put this stuff out on Twitter. And part of me just like... <gasps> you know, cringes because you're, it, you're brutally honest, but it does us no good to live in fantasy land or a land of wishful thinking about the nature of this internal and external enemy coming at us. And, and the spiritual nature of this war, um, which I'm so glad you've addressed, you know, in your book, The Anti-Communist Manifesto, and, and here and everywhere you talk about this, because communism bans God. Everybody needs to know this. Every time communism gains a foothold somewhere, one of the first things it does is ban God. Okay, so that should tell you right there the nature of this philosophy. But the state then becomes everything. The state becomes your family. The state becomes your community. The state becomes your work. The state becomes your religion. The state becomes your reason for being. The state becomes your God. You are, are, are forced to worship the state, 
rather than God in any form. So this requires destroying everything that threatens the communist control. Most importantly, faith and the nuclear family. That's what you're seeing across the board. If you're still scratching your head wondering what the hell is going on in America, it's this. Of course, you nailed it, and, and communists have always known that. You know, in, in Russia, when the Soviets took over, the dirtball communists, one of the first things they did was start attacking the Russian Orthodox Church, which you know all this stuff, Monica. They started killing the priests, raping the nuns, doing all the horrible things communists normally do, and they started invading the nuclear family. Famous communist propaganda stories about how children should betray their parents, parents should betray their kids, husband against wife. In East Germany, it was famous. Husbands would go turn in their wives. Wives would turn in their husbands. It was blowing up the nuclear family. In China, they did the same thing, only with their different religion. Mao's tearing down the Buddhist temples during the Cultural Revolution. Communism is a religion and a jealous one. It does not share a country with any religion. And until people understand that, then we can't get anywhere. But the problem is, Monica, our people are so kind and they're so normal. It's human nature to project your values onto other people. And so you will hear it all the time on the right. I'm not even talking about the left. Forget them. On the right, you will hear the left described as progressive, and he's kind of left-leaning. He's a little bit liberal, that, that the right will bend over backwards to use the nicest, fluffiest terms possible for these people who are busy torching this country, turning it into ash. And meanwhile, on the other side, they're preparing their people for battle. They will look at you and say, look at that Nazi white supremacist who wants to kill all the men and women and black people. And then we look at them and say, well, that poor, naive liberal, I just should chat with him. And we wonder why they're more committed than we are. Than we are. We use the wrong language. It drives you crazy. I, the language is so important. You're exactly right. And you're also at a really important point that you've made. They look at their philosophy as a theology. Okay, so while we're over here as conservatives talking in nice terms like it's 1983 or 1994 again, right? And we're, we're, you know, dealing with a more normal kind of situation. And we're over here talking about tax cuts and the deficit and uh, government spending, all incredibly important issues, all right? I'm not minimizing that. But while we're over here trying to sell our policies and persuade people that lower tax rates are a good thing, the communists are over here in this, like, secular spiritual rapture exercising raw power in ways that republicans never do and that this has been going on now for decades and then we wonder why where we are come on yeah you're right and 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 our naivete to what they've been doing is is really the challenge we have to fix it's the challenge of our time forget about our elected representatives they will follow suit when when we start waking up more, we have, we've just bent over backwards to try to still share a country with these people. And we still look, if you ask the normal American today, they will tell you that's what they want. They want to share. No, I just want to get along. I, I want things to go back to normal. I want to share a country with these people. And this is where I differ with so many of my fellow Americans. I do not. I don't have any desire to share a country with somebody who believes a teenage girl should have her breasts chopped off. I don't want to share the same country. I don't want to share the same planet. I don't want to share the same air. And we shouldn't. We are, we are totally different people. 
And so we shouldn't be married. We should not live together because we have totally different value systems. You should live in a different place than me. There is no peacefully living together with people like that, nor do I want to. And they don't want to live with us. They want to destroy us and in many cases want us dead, right? Of course they of course they want you dead. Why well, I mean this is another thing we 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 get weak on too when it comes to like guns. Well there'll there'll be some horrible mass shooting and of course they'll run out and try to grab guns right away and what's the right response to this? We'll start holding up charts and graphs. Well well here's all the times a good guy with a gun actually stopped a criminal and I actually have one in my house for home defense. No, demons, you can't have my guns because I know all of you want to kill me or throw me in prison. So I'm going to keep my guns because I intend to stop you if you ever try. And in fact, I'm going to buy even more. That's our message on gun control. And that was the founder's message on gun control. It wasn't about deer hunting and it wasn't about someone breaking in your home. It was because they thought the government would turn evil one day and they wanted people to be able to fight it off when it did. Let me ask you um, about indoctrination and the role of indoctrination. Communists are very, very good at it. Um, They get kids very young because once they're indoctrinated, then they know that they'll have a standing army to enforce communism for generations. So get them young. Um, Our public schools, but also private schools as well. You know, I remember years ago when I was doing a nationally syndicated show, Jesse, I remember I had a woman call in And I was talking about the indoctrination happening at the university level, because that's how the communists started, really in the 40s and 50s. They went for academia, and they started at the collegiate level, and then they gradually moved their way down uh, in age. And I remember a woman called into my show, and she was like, it was around Thanksgiving time. She was like, Monica, my granddaughter is learning how Thanksgiving was the first redistributionist socialist holiday because the Indians shared their food uh, with the white man. And I I just, I was speechless at the time, but uh, obviously it was going uh, down in age to the point now where it's pre-K, they're being indoctrinated. Talk to us about that, about how the indoctrination comes through the educational system as well as through the culture. Yeah, well, I'm I'm glad you brought up through the culture as well. Uh, You know, the education system is obvious. They've always believed, get them, get them while they're young. Lenin talked about giving me four years with the next generation, and I'll create, you know, communist forever is essentially what he said. But culture is a big part of this, too. The right has also failed when it comes to entertainment. We've been dismissive of it. No one cares what the actor says. No one cares what the athlete says. Yes, they do. Millions of people care what these idiots say. They, they do matter. When I was a kid, I'll tell you, I have a bit of an old school father. We didn't watch a lot of movies and TV. But when I did, I would watch John Wayne movies with my dad. And I'm telling you now, as a 42-year-old man, I can see how that helped shape my morality, how that helped shape my value system. Good guys, bad guys. A man's supposed to be tough. Protect women. Don't shoot a bad guy. You know, that kind of thing. That, that stuff mattered. And the filth that you see in movies now matters, too. It's helping shape how people view things. When we talk about abortion, this is a great example of this. The right will say today, some people on the right will say, well, you can't talk about abortion because that's a losing issue for us. And you know what? That's probably correct. It probably is a losing issue. We probably lost the public on that. But we lost the public because of 50, 60 years of conditioning on the issue. So the solution is not to surrender the issue. It's to start conditioning back the other way and educating people back the other way. These things are huge, especially for the next generation, but for all of us, really. 
Yeah, you know, the late great Andrew Breitbart uh, famously said, politics is downstream from culture. So you change the culture, you change our politics. But that's a really difficult thing to do. I mean, I I know you support family-friendly, faith-based content. I do on this program, too. I've had Jim Caviezel. and, And, you know, and I know you support that as well. And Angel Studios and all of their work, Kevin Sorbo. But it's a heavy lift, right? So I know in your book, and everybody needs to get this, it's called the Anti-Communist Manifesto, uh, Just you talk about some solutions and you give us some tools so it's not all doom and gloom and we're empowering people on how to fight back. How do we turn these communists back? Well, one, local. We fight local. First of all, it starts in your home. There is no greater enemy to communism than the nuclear family, than a husband and a wife raising their children with values. That is what these people hate more than anything. That's part of the reason they're after your kids in school. So home and locally. People worry about Washington and D.C. and the the presidency and Biden and Trump and DeSantis and all these things. And there's There's very little chance you can save this country from D.C., probably zero chance. But you can probably save your community, and then from there, by extension, maybe your state. From there, by extension, maybe your country one day. If you, I mean, go run for school board. For, forget about stressing about the presidential election. Go run for sheriff, school board. Take back your community. There's all kinds of wins out there for us if we start digging in and fight like they fight locally. Yes, and that is something that the communists have understood for a long time. You're exactly right about that. I mean, people looking at these Soros DAs, why do you think George Soros, another communist, uh, poured tens of millions of dollars into these local races, DAs, mayors, school boards, infiltrating our churches, because they know that real change, impactful change is made at the local level. So if we want to take back our country, got to do it at the local level. Um, so you're exactly right about that. Um, how do you see in our final moments here, Jesse, how do you see all of this coming to a head? I mean, we are in a war for this country. And the lesson of history is when you're in this kind of a war, you better fight it sooner rather than later, because if you wait, it's going to be a lot more painful. I, I, I think we will wait long. We will. I don't want to say too long. That's not what I meant. I believe we will wait long but the normal person is beginning to wake up you're starting to see this at school board meetings and stuff like that across the country i believe we're in for a very 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 rocky 40 50 years monica and depending on how we fight that 40 50 years that'll determine whether there is an america 100 years from now that's what i believe are you optimistic no of course not we're a late stage republic yeah we're, we're this is but this is about when I say that, I don't say that because I'm down on the country because I love history. And this is about how long a, a powerful country, a powerful empire has. They, they're, they're made of men. They don't last forever. They're, they're perishable things. And I would like that moment to, to be pushed out as far away as possible so my kids and more willing grandkids who don't exist will get to enjoy this great country. And I think they will. But there's look, there's always an end date. That's the way she goes. 
Well, that uh, you know, that is a lesson of history, but that doesn't mean that we don't fight back and pray on nope. this and, and try to introduce, reintroduce God back into our country, because I think when we expelled God, really in the 1960s, uh, we let loose the, the gates of hell, and it's come upon us. So I think we need to invite God back into America and be serious about that and ask for his help in turning this country around, because I don't think we can do it otherwise. No, I agree with you 100%. Without God, there is no saving this place. So that's a fact. And that's true. And and this country was founded on Judeo-Christian principles. And so in order to turn it around and save it, you got to find them again and embrace them again and invite God back in. Otherwise, you know, it really will all be lost. Um, well, Jesse, I mean, like I said, your message is honest. It's brutally honest, but it is a message that everybody needs to hear to understand the moment that we're in, because if we don't address this, and understand what we're dealing with here, all will be lost sooner rather than later. Um, and it, again, it does us no good to, to do wishful thinking that somebody else is going to take care of it. No, we have to take care of this. The future of America hangs in the balance. And Jesse, I'm so grateful to you because you're out there raising the alarm and giving us some real tools to try to defeat this evil. Everybody, go get the book. It's going to be one of the most important things you will read. It's called The Anti-Communist Manifesto, and it's available wherever you get your books. The great Jesse Kelly on Twitter at Jesse Kelly DC. Jesse, thank you so much, my friend. Thanks, Monica. I appreciate you very much. It was an honor. Thank you so much. Okay, guys, that's going to do it for me. What a show, right? Thank you so much for joining me, as always, and for checking out our great sponsors. We all really appreciate that. Coming up here on Thursday, former CIA agent Mike Baker is going to join us. And man, do we have stuff to talk to him about or what? An out-of-control CIA, corrupt CIA, corrupt intelligence uh, community, We're going to talk to him about all of that, and I cannot wait. we got more big shows lined up for you, but be here on Thursday. You're not going to want to miss that, too. Have a great middle of your week, and I'll see you back here then. This episode of the Monica Crowley Podcast was produced by Behakel Entertainment, LLC. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.